Good morning, everyone. We are going to open up the Bible uh, together now as a church family. And uh, we have been doing a, a mini series called City on a Hill. What does it look like for us to be a light for Inverness uh, as a church, as individuals in this pandemic season? What does it look like to share hope? What needs to change in us? What needs shaking? And I believe more than ever that something is afoot. That, uh, that in our church, and churches, that the Lord is wanting to do something new. I can feel it. And I want to speak about courage this morning. Uh, the last two weeks, and I encourage you, please, uh, see what I did there. I encourage you to have we look at the first two talks in this series on generosity and on integrity. If we are to be a city on a hill, as it says in Matthew chapter 5, we are... Uh, to shine. We're not to be hidden. We're to be out as light for those to see us. And for seeing us, they would see a glimpse of God and be able to enter into our relationship with him. So I want to speak about courage this morning. And courage is the ability to do something that frightens oneself. Uh, there's, a, there's a sense of bravery and risk associated with it. And I want to help a paint a picture this morning to start off with and uh, it's a little bit of a flashback to my life and it began when I was in primary seven this little story that I'm going to tell you I was minding my own business in the school playground and I was quite a quiet boy at school I was very studious got on with my work and I saw a guy in my year pushing a younger boy and uh, something rose up inside me he was picking on him he was giving him a bit of grief and I found myself somehow, there's all this stuff bubbled up inside me. I ended up shouting across, Oi, you, pick on someone your own size. And you know that moment when you say something and you're like, Oh my goodness, did that just come out of my mouth? And uh, I had this moment of, was that actually me speaking? And uh oh, he's actually going to pick on me now because I am the same size as him. And uh, what proceeded was some... WWF moves of the finest order, some headlocks, that whole thing we used to, remember your knuckles, you'd like scrunch their hair and uh, I'm quite thankful to say that was my first fight and my last since then and uh, we ended up in the headmaster's office and we ended up making up and walking home later that day. And some might say I had courage in that moment, I took a risk, some might say I was a bit stupid getting into a fight. You know, the heart was there, something was bubbling up inside of me, but what I did with it wasn't right. But the, the point of that little story to kick things off is, have you ever felt led to act on something? An injustice or something that you've seen is wrong, and you just feel an overwhelming urge to do something. You know it isn't right, and you don't know what to do. You know, something's stirring inside of you. I have to do something. And we're going to look at courage and we're going to look at, very briefly, the story of Nehemiah this morning. Nehemiah got that. He had that stirring, that bubbling up, and he knew what he had to do. The, the book of Nehemiah is one of my favourite books of the Bible. And it's a story of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Walls which have been torn down, dismantled, decimated. And there's a lot of opposition and fighting going on. Now, Nehemiah was... An Israelite, he was an Israelite. Before we start on that, that, that very picture of, a, of the walls crumbling down and disarray and opposition totally mirrors 
in a lot of ways, the season that we find ourselves in, where our security perhaps has tumbled. So when Nehemiah heard that the walls had been torn down, he and, he and his fellow people were in great distress. He was heartbroken and he felt stirred to our reaction. wonder if there's anything in our, in our hearts just now where we feel stirred to a reaction in this COVID season. Nehemiah was what's called a cupbearer. So he would look out and look after and, and basically, practically speaking, take the cup before the king in case there was poison. He would taste stuff before him. He would look after him. It was a real high position and he was a cupbearer to a king called Artaxerxes. And he was doing all right. This was a noble position. He had it going on. You know, he was doing well. He had no worries. But upon hearing the news in Nehemiah 1, you can read that, of his brother uh, speaking to him, he got the gut feeling, the stomach wrenching, the injustice, the emotions, the, the, the heart, you know, impacted his heart. I wonder what does that in us today? Maybe it's stories of poverty. Maybe it's stories of war, stories of uh, where things just aren't right, when they aren't as God intended them to be. Or perhaps or some of us were not getting those moments. And perhaps we're in a season of, of feeling a bit numb to that. I, I, my prayer is that we would know God's heart afresh, that our hearts would break for what breaks God's. And have a fresh sense of that. We're going to read Nehemiah 1, 1 to 4. And uh, we're going to dot through uh, the book a little bit. I want to say sorry for this plant. It looks like it's on its last legs. We need these branches. We are watering it. But anyway, it's a nice little feature. It's like a requirement of online church just now, isn't it? Nehemiah 1, 1 to 4. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In the month of Kislev in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant, which had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So he sat down and wept. He couldn't stand. He was overcome. God was doing something in him before he could do something through him. Now, you might think, Nehemiah wasn't even there. How could he cry? How could he feel that? Or he's okay. He's got a great job. He's got the future ahead of him. But God does that. He's in the business of doing that. He gives us a heart for situations, things that might seem massive. And for, for Mary and I, Inverness was that place. We met in Inverness back in 2004. We got married in 2009. And even back then, we knew we would come back at some point to Inverness. I worked for a bank at that time. And God took us on an incredible journey with lots of highs and lots of lows, which finds us now in Inverness, three years nearly, into Inverness Vineyard Church. He's done a lot in us to do something through us. For Nehemiah, this was his people. This was his people. This was his place. The wall was a symbol. It's important to understand that as well as the wall in ruins, the people were too. 
It was a mess. It was hard. I want to share three very short things this morning uh, that Nehemiah teaches us when he came to his mission, his calling to rebuild the wall and to live as light with courage. City on a hill, courage carriers in this tough season where there are questions. Bold and faith-filled courage. Just seen a little bit of my sliver that I hope hasn't touched the lens. Having the ability to do something that frightens us, but to trust God for that to be a way of living right now in this season. That we have moments of taking a deep breath and saying, Jesus, this is scary, it's over to you. Or when we're walking through tough times that we remember that God says, take courage, I'll never leave you, I will never forsake you. So firstly, I want to look at courage in taking opportunities. So Nehemiah has been praying and fasting and the time has come to stir that courage and to take his opportunity. In chapter 2, verse 8, uh, chapter 2, 1 to 8, we have this encounter with the king. So he stirs courage to go to the king and to ask to go to Jerusalem, to go and to help rebuild the wall. And we, we read of the, the interaction between the king and Nehemiah in these verses. We read that he was very much afraid going to the king. We, we read that he looked sad. The king identified there's something wrong with Nehemiah here. He's not his usual self. Something has impacted him. And we see favour upon Nehemiah to go. He was released to go. It's important in, in reading these verses that he mourned, he fasted and he prayed. And in this he drew close, close to God. For some days he waited. He waited, he waited. He waited for God to reveal an opening. He waited for God to say go. And this was it. He didn't take advice from people. Or certainly it doesn't say in scriptures that he did. He, he spent quality time with his heavenly father. How we need to remember when our hearts are impacted by something. When we're in the valleys, when attack comes. Nehemiah fasted and prayed. If we are to be courage carriers, if we are to be a city on a hill, if we know what God is asking of us. We must get to praying. We must be a people of prayer. And the king notices he's not himself. And as I said, Nehemiah's scared. Uh, this suggests you don't show your feelings to the king. You keep it to yourself because that would make the king sad. It would ruin his day. And your job at that point was to make sure the king was happy. And for Nehemiah, there might not ever be another opportunity. What a thought that is. So he goes for it. He tells him why he's sad. He tells him what he wants to do. He could lose everything. He could be out of a job. He could be homeless. He could have nowhere to go. He could be ridiculed. He could be the man that is always known. He walked away from that to go and help with a wall that knocked down. But he finds himself in favour and taking opportunity. God has a plan. You know, often we see an opportunity perhaps that moves us just like it did with Nehemiah, but we get a little bit scared like Nehemiah did. There might not be a better opportunity than right now. But it's like the words stick in our throat when we get to that stage or we're into just about having that conversation, whether we're praying for a friend, whether we're inviting a family member to watch church, whether we're getting an opportunity to share a story that God has changed our lives. It's like we picture the scene, 
We predict the outcome and we push the words back down. Nehemiah has a lot on the line here. It's important we don't take away from the magnitude of what Nehemiah was about to do. He wanted to leave. And not only that, he wanted protection from the king in travelling to go. And the king grants him it. I want to share with us to take courage in taking opportunities, to be a city on a hill, to be a light in this season where to be a people that take courage, that have courage in taking opportunities. And just a word in this, don't ever second guess or predict what people will say, how people will react, what the outcome will be. Because 99.9% .9 is the enemy trying to put the brakes on a God-given moment, on a God-given appointment, on a God-given interaction, on a moment that God has orchestrated for such a time, for such a place, for such an environment. Don't put those brakes on. Be courageous. Take the opportunities. City on a hill living. Be a light. Don't hide. And if you know this morning that you've let some of those moments pass, no worries. Ask God for more. We want this to grow. We want Inverness hearing about Jesus. And the only way we can do that is to grow and cultivate courage in taking opportunities. There is a purpose. There is a plan. Whatever it looks like for each of us this morning, we are to take courage and opportunities to share the gospel, to share the love of Jesus, to go beyond, to be generous. Courage to step up following the nudge. We are to arise and shine. Secondly, courage to stand firm during opposition. So Nehemiah goes to rebuild and to restore and he faces opposition. And it's so true when we step out into God's path, when we go, okay, I'm going to go on an adventure. When we're obedient and the Spirit of God is on that move, on that decision, God is doing amazing things in our midst that there is an enemy who doesn't like it one bit. There is an enemy who will try every tactic, subtle and obvious, to direct us off track, to floor us, to make us stop completely or to make it that little bit more dulled down. If you have ever stepped out and are, are, or perhaps you're facing opposition right now, take courage because God is at work more than you can imagine. And city on a hill, living, letting our light shine, being God colours in our city, in our workplaces, in our marriage, in our home life, with our kids, means that we have that awareness that opposition will come, but we are to take courage in those seasons. A missionary once said, a certain amount of opposition is a great help to a man. Kites rise against, not with the wind. Isn't that a great picture? Use these seasons to draw closer to your heavenly father. Seek out more of God's purpose and more of God's plan. Have people around you who are cheering you on, who are encouraging you in that season. So let's see very quickly the opposition that Nehemiah, oh, excuse me, the opposition that Nehemiah faced. So he's gathered across the land to rebuild Chapter 4, another fast forward, verses 1 to 6. We read of Sambalat and we read of Tobiah. When Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore the wall 
Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life? Tobias says, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up it would break it down. The response is, hear us, our God. We are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give us over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins, for they have thrown insults. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. You know, the opposition continued. It's so striking that Nehemiah persevered. He could have thought, you know, they're right. It's a bit flimsy. Or perhaps they're right. How we're building it isn't right. Fox could come over and knock it down. Or perhaps he thought, he could have thought, who are we? Who are we? I don't have to worry about this anymore. Maybe it was too big an ask. Maybe the king, king sent these people because he wants me back. Maybe that's where I'm meant to be. What am I doing? Why did I leave? You know, we can all relate to those moments. As we reach a few years into Inverness Vineyard Church, we're taking new ground. And there's a spiritual dynamic to that. When the kingdom of God comes and we see breakthrough, the enemy will try to put a stop. We've seen that tension in the last six months during this pandemic season and the last three years. But I am adamant, I am adamant that we push on because we know that we are doing God's will. We know that we are called for such a time as this. We know we are called to this city. And so are all of us who call Inverness Vineyard Church their place. We say no to the enemy this morning. We say retreat and we say more Lord, more Lord. I pray that this morning. Lord, I just pray more Lord. I pray more and I pray retreat. I command the enemy to retreat where opposition has come, Lord, where attack has come, where spiritual attack has, has hit us physically, Lord, where it's hit us mentally, Lord, where it's hit us spiritually, where we're feeling dry. I want to pray retreat, enemy, retreat. And will you fill us up with hope, fresh courage, Lord, this morning? And you know, the, the striking thing is, in chapter 6, verse 9, there's a little line uh, that it says in Nehemiah. It says, they're all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. And this line here is just such a great line. But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. Through the opposition, Nehemiah was praying. He was praying for strength. He was praying for endurance. He was praying almost for a stubbornness, to, a resolve to see through what God has planted in his heart to come to pass. Nehemiah was running the race. He wasn't letting anything stop him. And prayer was his foundation through that season. A few years ago, I like to speak about this a lot, I ran a duathlon, a 13-mile run, 18-mile cycle. But I remember each mile of the run, I can't give up. I started at mile one, I'll be honest. I just can't. I must see this through. And it was probably, in a, a couple of moments, the most determined I've ever been in terms of that battle. But often I, I ask myself, why am I not like that when God tells me to do something? Or when I feel a rising in my spirit to act and I'll give up before I reach that first mile marker. 
or I'll think somebody else can crack on with that. Nehemiah shows us to ask God for determination, for courage to see it through, whatever people say or whatever people do. For God to be the first call, not the final cry. Oh, that we would be a people where God is the first call and not the final cry. Not to give up on our job, not to give up on our friend that doesn't know Jesus, not to give up on our family member, not to give up on uh, when we're battling that illness, not to give up when it feels like that dream is extinguished, not to give up, to have confidence to try new things. Don't give up. I want you to take that little blurb as a commissioning to push on and push in more today, to take courage. John 16, 33, take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ dying on a cross and rising again on the third day means that we are free. He has overcome. He has triumphed. He is victorious. There's nothing that the enemy can do to dethrone him, to defeat him. Jesus is above all. And we will have trouble, but we are to take heart. How many of us need to hear that this morning? Take heart. Take heart. How many of us need to hear that whisper from Jesus, take heart, my son, take heart, my daughter, don't give up, don't give up. And then finally, to take courage to be uh, outspoken with those that we love. Someone once said, it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. And you can think of being outspoken as being a negative. If you uh, got it in a school report, It's maybe not so good, but it's possible to be outspoken without being rude. Let's have a wee look at Nehemiah very quickly as we come to close. In chapter 5, verse 1 to 8, I don't have time to read it, but we see his own people subjecting each other to slavery, subjecting each other to charging interest and making a profit on each other. And Nehemiah had to speak out. Not against the people he was in opposition to, not against the Sambalats and Tobias, but the people he was alongside. And he got them to stop. You know, sometimes we need to speak up and speak out against things we see that are wrong. Even with the people that are alongside us, even with our family, our best friend, our colleagues, people that we love doing life with. Nehemiah just had to, because this was going to pollute and ultimately would destroy all that God was trying to do. And I think for all of us, it's so important we remember that because if we don't, it will grow, it will grow, it will fester and we will become sucked into it. And it's a a question of integrity in the mix too, which we spoke about last week. To be in a a city on a hill uh, when there's something that's going to derail or jeopardise a rebuild or a God-given dream We're to call it out and protect the mission. We must do the same as Jesus followers, that we point each other closer to Jesus, one heart, the author and perfecter of our faith. No other standards. We want to be more like Jesus. And when we see things that don't reflect that, we gather in love and we call it out so we can continue on the mission. For Inverness, for Scotland, for our street, for our neighbours, for our friends. I believe there's a heart shift that the Lord has taken us on around purity and around pursuing holiness. That the Lord wants to really get in and do some operation stuff on our hearts. To focus 
on him. And it needs courage. But God will honour that. He'll protect us and he'll draw us close to him. The rebuild of the wall in Jerusalem began with a man being courageous upon God stirring his heart. What is God stirring in your heart for this area? What is he calling into life in this season? Because make no mistake about it, God doesn't stop doing that in this season. He's perhaps doing it right now. He's not forgotten you. Nehemiah faced opposition. It was fierce. And there will be opposition. But he carried on. He looked to the Father and he called out injustice, even with his close friends, so they could continue the build. My prayer for Inverness in this pandemic season is that we all hold and grab the piece of the brick, of the wall, of the rebuild for this area, for Jesus. We all have a part to play. Look at all the builders in chapter 3 in Nehemiah. All different backgrounds, all different stories. It's going to take all of us. And we will see many people come to Jesus. I believe that. I am longing for that. I am praying for that. We will see God move in a powerful way in this next season as a community. There will be story after story of courageous faith when brick by brick this beautiful place is rebuilt into the image of God. Where Jesus shines brighter than anything the world can offer. So I want to close by saying pick up a brick. Whether that's in our church context, Chinwag. Whether that is our prayer meetings on Wednesday morning on Sunday nights. Whether that's small groups. Whether that's volunteering in the food bank. Whether that's something that I haven't mentioned, but God's stirring in your hearts. We all need to pick up a brick. We are all called to it. Lord, will you grow courage in us. May we be a generous people. May we be a people who ooze integrity. And we may, we may, we may, may we be a people who are courageous with our faith. Amen.